People have different perceptions of God, and our perceptions of God uh, often have to do with our family upbringing. So often we see God as we saw often our father, so our own dad. If our own dad was very legalistic, uh, if he was maybe even somewhat prone towards the punishment aspect, um, that's certainly how we'll, we'll understand God too. So God is, you know, you have to be kind of, you have to dot the I's and cross the T's, um, obey all these kind of intricate commandments, some of which you know, some of which you don't know, and if you don't know them, you're still culpable for them, and God's going to find you out, and you're guilty for them. And, it, you know, you have to live in this kind of, trying to appease this God who seems kind of unpredictable and capricious, and you just, you know, it's, it's not, a very, not a very nice reality. And yet, uh, especially people of a... Generation, old, uh, generation older than, than I, or maybe two generations uh, more. This, this is quite common. This understanding of God, where God is, is a judge, is a, is, I wouldn't even say a just judge, he's a judge, and quite, quite a, a, a difficult-to-please judge. Uh, and I don't know, I, I, don't know. I, 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 I find it very difficult to imagine what kind of a prayer life a person would have if the person you're praying to is basically trying to just waiting for the moment that you're going to fall and is sitting there with his little notebook you know and uh, just just delighted to say now now have you now look at it you need to look at it you know like that's I how I just I don't know how how I would pray to a God like that well maybe I, I do maybe you kind of you pray to get the job done and to get it out of the way because then that's that box ticked now he can't give out to you for not praying because you've prayed. How you pray is absolutely irrelevant because <laughs> you've the job done. All right? So I think if we have an understanding of God that's very legalistic, it turns our, our faith, our attendance at mass, our perception of the church as very legalistic. So if God's very, if God is this legalistic judge, then what do I have to do? I have to go to mass. I have to tick that box. I, I have to maybe say a couple of prayers or God will be mad. So I have to say the couple of prayers. Um, I have to... You know, before I go to sleep, um, give my day back to God or he'll be mad. And so I do that. And, and through the whole thing, there is no relationship with God. Relationship. There's no friendship. There's no love. And, and what's the main casualty in all of this? God is not Father. If this is how we see God, then we do not understand God as a loving Father. But he's just this, this, this critical judge who, I mean, would you really want to spend all of eternity with him? And this is exactly what the enemy wants, to plant doubt in our hearts. Do you, would you really want to spend eternity with a God like that? You know, why pray? Makes no difference anyway. It changes nothing. So I should, uh, better, I'll finish positive. Okay. So, so, on the other hand, the reality, the reality is so so, so much better than any words from the most eloquent of, of preachers or teachers uh, could actually put, put, put in our ears or to put down on paper. The reality is just so much greater than we can understand. The fatherhood of God, the love of God, the, the, the self-emptying nature of Jesus, right? This is all so much better, so much greater than we can imagine. And this is the truth. So this leper comes up to Jesus, pleads on his knees and says, if you, if you want to, if you want to, you can cure me. 
And you can just imagine Jesus going, of course I want to. I mean, it's not a case if I want to or not, or like, do, if I, do I love you enough to cure you? Of course I want to, right? Now, and in this circumstance, he does. At times, with us, we may come to him with, with a, a similar prayer. Lord, if, if you want to, you can grant me the grace of, of, of a husband, or you can grant me the grace of a child, or Lord, you can grant me the grace of, of a new job, or Lord, you can, if, you, if you want to, Lord, you can grant me the grace of, of uh, healing for my family situation, you know, if you want to. And, and the, Lord is, the Lord's answer is always, of course I want to. Of course I want to, I can, and of course I can. The, I suppose the detail can often be some, sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes this, this cross that we're left with is actually necessary. It's actually necessary for us. And at times, like, we, we don't see why. We can't understand why. And kind of like Job, when, when, when he loses everything, and his friends come and say, look, well, you obviously must have offended God in some way. Look how you've lost your family, you've lost your house, you've lost <clears throat> all of your <clears throat> livestock. You've lost everything. You must have done something to offend God. And he said, I, I, can't, I can't think of anything. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. And then at the end of it all, God answers. And his answer is basically, I know what I'm doing. His answer is basically, I created the world in all of its complexity. Where were you when that happened? I created the stars. Can you even count them? I, cre- I created the rotation of the sun and the moon to give you a light during the day and a softer light at night. <coughs> Where were you when I did that? So his answer is basically, I know what I'm doing. His answer to the sense of suffering is, I know what I'm doing. And often, in order to resolve the problem, you see, <coughs> it depends on another person's heart. So if, if, if a situation, if there's a painful situation in your family which is being caused by the actions of another person, if a person chooses to sin, if a person chooses to hold on to hatred or jealousy or anger or unforgiveness, God wants to help that. God wants to fix that. God wants to heal that. But the problem here isn't God. The problem is, does the other person want to forgive Will they let God work in them? Because God will not come into a person's life, just annihilate their freedom, and now suddenly make them a saint. Because if he could do that with that person, why doesn't he do it with all of us? Why doesn't he do it with me? So he does leave freedom. And that freedom, the abuse of that freedom, kind of affects on other people. So it's not that God doesn't want to or or can't. Uh, he, He can be limited by the other person's openness and willingness to convert or change. Lord, if you want to, he said, you can cure me. Feeling sorry for him, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Of course I want to, he said. Be cured. I would hope that at some point in your life, you've experienced consolation. Consolation is an interesting thing when you look at it from... Uh, from kind of from the outside something bad has happened to you simple things like maybe you've 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 lost a match right you've lost a county final uh, or maybe something more serious there's been you know a breakup you've broken up with your boyfriend of 17 minutes and and you know you're, you're just devastated who you've texted four times and you've never actually met but anyway uh, 
or, or then there, there, are, there are very serious things, like when you've, you've lost a child or um, really heartbreaking situations, okay? And my hope would be that, that you've experienced consolation. So someone who knew how to console you. And it's, it's such an interesting thing because when you console someone, your goal isn't to make the situation good, as in to undo the hurt, because often the hurt can't be undone. Okay, if a person has lost a match, it's lost. You know, uh, they may not even decide to sign up for the team now for the next season. If they've, if someone has passed away and you're consoling them, you can't bring them back. It, it, it's done, right? Uh, if someone uh, is, is just in a very difficult family situation where there's someone who's just absolutely wreaking havoc in the family and they've said awful things, <coughs> you can't unsay those words. So consolation is interesting because it doesn't, it doesn't aim at the source. It doesn't take away the actual problem. Okay? But you know there's someone there who cares. There's someone whose shoulder you can rest your head against. And somehow, just it's, it's interesting how, how we work as humans, somehow this makes things feel better. It's interesting, it doesn't take away the problem, but it makes you feel better that someone will take the time to, to ask how you're doing. And maybe you can't even say the answer. Maybe your answer is, I just need a hug. And there's just one of these hugs which doesn't last more than three seconds, girls. Um, you know. And it's just, it's just that there's just someone close and it's just, I remember when I was um, 14 years of age, I had a lung operation. So uh, I woke up in ICU. I have this awesome scar, which you'll never see. Uh, <laughs> goes, from, goes from there to there. It looks like I got bitten by a shark. It's, it, it, I was cut in half from there on, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, they had to cut open the, the, my side and fixed the lung. Anyway, long story. Won't go into it. It's pretty gory. Uh, so I woke up in ICU and I had tubes going in and out of everywhere and uh, monitors beeping and the whole lot. And uh, my first memory is that I just looked over to my left and there was my mom and she was holding my hand and I had one of those clothes peg things on it to measure my my heart rate. I just saw my mom and, well, just between ourselves, don't tell anyone, but I may or may not have cried, and um, so did she. And it was just, I just knew there was someone there, and that was a consolation, uh, such a great consolation to me. So con consoling, the, the idea of consolation is interesting. When you console someone, it's not that you're kind of looking down on them going, oh, you poor thing. I'm better than you, I don't have this problem, so I'll share some of my peace and awesomeness with you, my inferior little friend. You know, that's not what you're saying. When you're consoling someone, in fact, the word con means with, I'm kind of, I actually come down to your level, I'm actually suffering with you. Seeing you in pain uh, hurts me too. So I'm actually suffering with you. We can console the heart of Jesus. In this gospel, Jesus heals a leper, okay? So the leper receives the consolation. <clears throat> but it can actually work in the reverse as well, that we can actually console God's heart. It's an astounding thought. It doesn't mean that we have to be superior to God in order to console him. Absolutely not. It's impossible. 
But if the Lord is being rejected by so many people and so many hearts and society as a whole, and even like social media in general just appears to me anyway to just be so anti-God, if anything pro-God, pro-life goes up, it's immediately jumped on and all sorts of slanderous things. I mean, it doesn't matter at all if there's any sort of evidence to what the, the opposition is saying. They can just throw out slanderous comments, um, name-calling and the whole lot. It's ridiculous stuff. <clears throat> um, it just, it's, it's such a, a, an, uh, uh, such a hostility towards, towards God at the moment. And in so many places, schools and factories and polit- politics, and God isn't welcome. He's just not wanted. So we can console the heart of Jesus. You at home as well, in your homes or wherever you are. We can actually console the heart of Jesus. How? What does Jesus want? Far be it from us to tell Jesus what he needs. But what, what, does, what does Jesus want? What does he ask for? Well, he's asked for love. That's, his, that's how he sees. It's like, you know the way... We might see things through different uh, perspectives. You know, someone who has worked in the fashion industry might scan a crowd and go, oh, she's well-dressed. He hasn't a clue. Uh, that's so last year. You know, this is like the, these are the categories that you, you scan a crowd through. Or, or like, um, you know, a fellow might come in and, and you know, so see, oh, yeah, that's a tip jersey, on tip. Hey. You know, and you, just, you, you, you scan a crowd with, with different categories, you know. <clears throat> When, when God kind of scans a crowd, which he doesn't, but if, when he sees us, like, what does he see? What's the, yeah, what's the category that he <clears throat> judges us by? Love. Love. No matter what we've achieved or not achieved, no matter what we've failed at, <clears throat> the only thing that matters is love. So the greatness of a saint isn't how much they knew or how many books they wrote. It's absolutely irrelevant. <clears throat> the greatness of a saint is their love. The greatness of their love. So, this is how we console the heart of Jesus. You and I can console God through our love. In a world where he's so unwanted, you and I can make him wanted. In a world where he's so unloved, you and I can can love him. In a world where he's just pushed out, we can welcome him in. In a world that's so cold to him, we can prepare a warm place in our heart to console the heart of Jesus. You and I can do this. It's incredible that in so small and insignificant as we are, we can console the heart of Jesus. So today, as we think of the Lord's goodness, of the Lord's generosity, of the Lord's healing power and all of that, that, that's, that it's, it's wonderful that we benefit from that. But let us not, not forget that we can actually console him too. So rather than God being this, this faraway, distant, angry, capricious, just judge, which, which he simply isn't, He's our Lord and Savior. He's our healer. And I think today, maybe more than ever, he needs consolation. He needs people to say, Lord, I give this time to you because I love you. And I love you also in the name of those who don't. I love you in the name of those who've pushed you out of their lives and reject you, and maybe even laugh at you. I mean, in fairness now, how dare anybody laugh at God? My goodness. So we console the heart of Jesus. We console him with our love. May we do so united with our blessed lady and all of heaven. Amen.